Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. I hope that you are enjoying this show, and of course, you should be sharing it with all of the whole rest of the world, subscribing and rate and review and all that good stuff. So, the first word in this episode is cottage industry. Two words, noun from 1921. One, an industry whose labor force consists of family units or individuals working at home with their own equipment. What sort of equipment could they possibly have at home? They can't have large machines, but, uh, you know, sewing, that, that's the first thing that I could think of back in the day. I mean, even these days, but especially back in the 1920s, sewing, everybody had a, a sewing machine. Uh, so that is a cottage industry because it is an industry made up of all the cottages where the people live. Two, a small and often informally organized industry. Three, a limited but enthusiastically pursued activity or pursuit. But it must be you must be enthusiastic about pursuing this activity or subject. As in, this debate about sex and law became a cottage industry for feminist academics. And that is a quote from Wendy Cata... Oh, I don't know how to say. Kaminer. Kaminer? Kaminer? K-A-M-I-N-E-R. Various ways to say it, and I don't know how. A limited but enthusiastically pursued activity or subject. So, the quote was... This debate about sex and law became a cottage industry for feminist academics. And, uh, you know, so what it's saying is uh, feminist academics, people who are feminists and in the academic world, um, became very, uh, they pursued uh, this sex and law enthusiastically because I assume this was probably a quote from when feminism became a much bigger deal, probably in the 70s. Um, so that's, that's my take on that. But I don't know who this person is or when this quote was from. Oh, I got to do a sound effect. It is. I'm getting very bad at those explosion sounds. Fine. Next is cottage pie. Yeah, pie. Two words. Noun from 1791. A shepherd's pie made especially with beef. And uh, I just want to backtrack to cottage industry for a second. I'm not entirely sure why that third definition is what it is. Why, why did they call something that you pursue enthusiastically a cottage industry? I would love some more information on that. But there's no etymology. Okay, so we read cottage pie. Now we got to go to cottage pudding. Now, if this is pudding made especially with beef, I'm going to be very confused. It is a noun from circa 1854, plain cake. All right, well, I'm already confused because it said pudding, but I guess people got different kinds of puddings all over the world. So it is plain cake covered with a hot sweet sauce. Hmm, like a fudge, hot fudge sauce? Not, probably not. Interesting, interesting, and plain, it's just very plain cake. It's not vanilla, it's not chocolate, it's not strawberry, it's just plain cake with a hot, sweet sauce. Next word is cottager. Cottage with an E-R. 
noun from 1550, a person who lives in a cottage. They're also just a human. Cottager. All right, next word is... I don't like this sound effect. It is cottage tulip. It's the flower, I assume. Two words, noun from 1928. Any of various tall, late-flowering tulips. But why are they called cottage tulips? Are these the tulips that people would put around their cottage to make it look all nice and pretty? Why didn't they choose other flowers? How did they choose these? I have so many questions. All right, next word. It is cotter. Cotter or cotter, spelled C-O-T-T-A-R or E-R. Noun from the 14th century. It is a peasant or farm laborer who occupies a cottage and sometimes a small holding of land, usually in return for services. So uh, somebody lets them live there um, as long as they help out, you know, with the chores, the land, the the animals, the whatever it is. They are a cotter. Mm, They could also be a cottager because they live in a cottage or, you know, something like that. Uh, yeah, this is just from the uh, the Middle English word cot, which we learned means small house. Okay, next word, boom. It is cotter again. Um, so this one is spelled with an E-R. It is a noun from the 14th century. One, a wedge-shaped or tapered piece used to fasten together parts of a structure. Uh, so if you put things together and it's shaped like a wedge or it's tapered and it's called a cotter. And then number two, the synonym is cotter pin, which will be our next word. Uh, cottered with an ed is an adjective and cotterless is an adjective. Oh, we have to put together this structure. Go, go get the cotters so we can put it together. Uh-oh. We have no more cotters. We are cotterless. The origin is unknown. Who named this? Next word. (laughs) Cotter pin. Here we go with cotter pin. Two words. Noun from 1881. A half round metal strip bent into a pin whose ends can be flared after insertion through a slot or hole. Okay, I can sort of visualize this. I may have to find a picture to post. Uh, half round metal strip bent into a pin whose ends... So yeah, once you put it in, the air, the, the, the ends flare out, so you can't pull it out. So it keeps everything in place. I think that's, I think that's what it is. All right. Uh, okay, next word. It is cotton. Now, do you say cotton, emphasize the T, or do you say cotton? Cotton or cotton? It's also like mitten, mitten. People people emphasize it in different ways. They're, they're all totally fine and correct with me. So this is the first form of, I will say, cotton. That's how I like to say it, cotton. Noun from the 14th century, 1A. A soft, usually white, fibrous substance composed of the hairs surrounding the seeds of various erect, freely branching tropical plants of the mallow family. 
and the genus is Gossypium. Okay, so there was so much information, lots of lots of adjectives. It's white and fibrous and um, freely branching tropical plants, part of the mallow family. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all generally know what cotton is, but but a lot of people have never seen it in person. I don't know if I've ever seen it in person, but I've seen pictures and video. So it's fascinating that the the, the flower opens up, I guess, and there are seeds inside, but then the seeds are surrounded by this white fluffy stuff that somehow at some point somebody was like, we can use that for stuff. Let's put it into things. Let's let's make it into stuff. How can we do that? Oh, I don't know. Let's I'll make a thing called a cotton gin, which we're gonna get to later. Um, and then it became a whole industry, and slaves were used to pick it. Um, yeah, that's that happened. That happened. Okay, one B, a plant producing cotton, especially one grown for its cotton. One C, a crop of cotton. 2A, fabric made of cotton. And 2B, yarn spun from cotton. 3, a downy cottony substance produced by various plants as the cottonwood. We will see cottonwood in tomorrow's episode. So there is a picture. Uh, It is just, it's cotton, but we have a few different things to discuss there, it's the plant at three different uh, stages, I think. So number one says flowering branch. And I'm a little bit confused as to what one is pointing to. It's not really pointing to anything. It's next to a leaf and it's also next to the flower. I guess there's I guess the the seed, the thing that has the seed is that different from the flower? Well, anyway, number one is the flower. It just looks like a flower. It's got petals and it's open. Number two is fruit unopened. So yes, the fruit part of it where the seed is, is different than the flower. Okay, makes sense. Uh, so the fruit unopened, um, it looks like, how do I put this? Ooh, it kind of looks, is this kind of the shape of a fig. It's round. Most of it looks like a circle, like a sphere, but then it comes to a point at the end. And then there's these like frilly bits at the bottom of it pointing up. Um, but it is unopened, so that's why the top of it is pointed. And then three is fruit partly opened. And what happens is the one that was unopened, as it begins to open, uh, I guess it opens because it's got so much cotton inside of it, it, it bursts. And so it splits into this picture shows three parts. Um, the 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 fig shaped thing splits into three parts, and then the cotton starts to burst out through those uh, those seams. Uh, so yeah, that's what the that's what the people would pick uh, after it's burst. You can see all the white fluffy stuff inside, and then you can pull it out. That is cotton. Um, anything from the etymology that is interesting? Not really. Um, it comes from the Arabic kutun, K-U, no, Q-U-T-U-N, um, also Old Italian, cotone, but um, it doesn't really give much more information than that. <laughs> Second form of cotton, this is a verb, and I think it is just intransitive, from 1605, 
One, to take a liking. To take a liking. And this is used with the word to, T-O, as in cottons to people easily. Um, cotton, cottoning, cottoning, cotton, 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 cottoning. I have never heard this before. Cottons to people easily. Uh, I guess if you do that, you are, you like people easily. And number two, to come to understand. And this is used with the words to or onto, as in cottoned on to the fact that our children work furiously. Cottoned on to the fact that our children work furiously. We now understand that our children work furiously. That is a quote from H.M. McLuhan. H.M. McLuhan. Uh, There's no etymology for this one. I am very confused as to where this came from. Why did they use cotton in this verb form? I might have to uh, go to that website, Etim Online, and see if there's more information. Never heard it before. Next word. Boom. Cotton bullworm. Cotton bullworm. Two words. Um, it might actually be pronounced bullworm because it is spelled B-O-L-L-W-O-R-M. That is all one word. Noun from 1870, and the synonym is corn earworm. And I do kind of remember reading that. Back in the corns, the corn section. Next word is cotton candy. Two words, noun from 1926. One, a candy made of spun sugar. I don't know. I don't understand how somebody figured out how to do this. You take the sugar, I think they heat it up, and then it spins around through this thing that has, I think, little holes on it, and then it flies through the holes, and it lands on the edge of the spinny thing, and somehow somebody was like, we can spin sugar. Anyway, number two, Something attractive, but insubstantial. And that is exactly how you can describe cotton candy. Because it seems so substantial. It seems so thick. But then when you eat it, it just melts away immediately. And there's nothing in there. There's nothing to it. But I do love it so. Cotton candy, cotton candy. I just heard a, uh, a podcast. They were talking about cotton candy. And I think it was the podcast, Weirdest Thing I Learned. And... Oh, it was called, I think I've mentioned this before, it was called Candy Floss, I think it was Candy Floss, that kind of makes more sense, cotton, I guess it kind of looks like cotton, because it's this like fibrous stuff, yeah, that's cotton candy, my cousin had a cotton candy machine at her wedding, and that was pretty epic, next word is cotton gin, two words, gin is G-I-N, Noun from 1796, a machine that separates the seeds, hulls, and foreign material from cotton. This changed the world for the, at least the cotton industry. It was it, took, it was so time-consuming pulling all the cotton off by hand, and then they could just throw the stuff into the machine, and it, based on how it was engineered and designed, that it could just separate everything uh, and save you a bunch of time and money. Um, and no, it is not uh, an alcohol. It's not the gin alcohol. It is, it's a machine called a gin. 
but what would gin taste like if it was made from cotton? Is that even possible? I don't think so. I think it needs to be a, uh, a uh, something. It needs to be some kind of other material. <laughs> Next word is cotton grass. Two words, noun from 1597. Any of a genus of sedges with tufted spikes. And the genus name is Aerophorum. That starts with an E. Okay, next word. Cotton mouth. Cotton mouth. One word. Noun from 1832. And the synonym is water moccasin. Water moccasin, that is a fish, I think. Um, and the etymology says this is from the fact that um, the mouth is white. The interior of the mouth of this water moccasin is white. So they call it cotton mouth. Um, and then our last word, which is related, it's cotton mouth moccasin. Two words, noun from 1879. And again, the synonym is just water moccasin. Okay, so the words in this episode were cottage industry, cottage pie, cottage pudding, cottager, cottage tulip, cotter, cotter, cotter pin, cotton, cotton, cotton bullworm, cotton candy, cotton gin, cotton grass, cotton mouth, and cotton mouth moccasin. Hmm. Well, I'm obviously very tempted to pick cotton candy because it is one of the greatest sweet things in the world, but it's also very terrible at the same time. Uh, But I think I will pick cotton because of... Cotton has just played such a huge role in America on so many levels, and I'm sure other countries produce cotton as well. I don't know much about cotton. Somebody tell me about cotton. But... I think for for fairly obvious reasons, but obviously uh, slaves were picking cotton. That is the very um, the very uh, what am I trying to say? The the first example, the one the, the very stereotypical example of of what the slaves are doing back in the 14, 15, 1600s, and oh, six, seventeen, eight. When eight? Yeah, yeah, many years, um, and. So that is a whole thing unto itself, um, and there's that. But also, just as a material from industry and clothes and everything, it's it's been very important to create stuff, create stuff for us to wear. Um, so, you know, it's just been a big thing. It's a very important plant, I guess. I, I don't know. I think so. Is it still important? Probably. I think they're still making stuff out of cotton. I don't really pay attention to that, but maybe I should. Um, okay. And, and then they're probably using the cotton gin or something like it to, uh, I think they've improved on the cotton gin. It would be great though, if, uh, cotton manufacturers are using the original cotton gin from 1796. Okay. Cotton, cotton, cotton. My clothes are made of cotton. A hundred percent cotton, cotton. All right, well, that is it. No more holidays. I just posted a thing on my Facebook page and Twitter asking, uh, what should I do? What should I do now that I'm not reading the holidays? So if you have an opinion, I will hear it in about a month. Oh, and then one last thing, because I maybe instead of that, I'll try and add some more personal stuff. Uh, 
my wife and I just watched the movie Unsilenced. I don't know how easy it is to find in theaters. I'm not sure if it's streaming, but um, it is a very important story to tell. It's based on true events. I think it's I think it's very true. I should actually go look and see, you know, to what extent it's true. Um, but the thing that really fascinated me, in addition to just the story itself um, and how important it is of a story to tell, um, but also the fact that um, because it was such a big deal, a bunch of people who worked on the film did not want to be associated with the film. They uh, they just had their name as anonymous. So that shows you that the stuff that happened in the movie is still going on in some way, and that's a big problem. So I, I definitely recommend people checking out that movie and learning more about that story like I did. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time tomorrow. This is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.